I can hear you eating. Sorry, I'll be eating that. Okay. I'll introduce everything. Welcome to the Pilgrims Podcast, the podcast where we pilgrimage our way through John Bunyan's allegorical classic, The Pilgrims Progress. Welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. We are in the interpreter's house. I am joined today by Jordan. Hello. We have been shown around the first room on our tour. And now we're about to be led by the hand of the interpreter into the next room. Are you ready, Jordan? I am. I'm so ready. Let's do it. Here we go. So we're brought into this parlor room of the house. And it's stinking. What's a parlor? Um, When I think of a parlor, it's just a really large room with like a table and chairs and stuff. Like a dining room? Yeah. Uh, I always picture like like a walk-in store from a kitchen. Is that not a parlor? I have no idea. Maybe you're right. A dining room. But when I think of a parlor, I imagine just going in, you know those sort of like the massive big long tables? And the, like in the movies, you always have one person sitting on one end and one person sitting on the other end. And it's really grand. And then... Jeeves or whoever it is comes and lays the food on the table. Like in Beauty and the Beast, when they're eating dinner at either ends of the table? Yes. That's what I think. Anyway, okay. that's what that's the image that's in my head for good or ill. No, that works. I think that works. So we're brought into this large parlor and it's dusty. And the interpreter then calls for a man to come in and sweep it up. And these there's so much dust that it's starting to flail up in the face of everybody in the room and Christian is choking. I mean you can you can almost feel that when you read it. That, you know, it it's, it hits you in the back of the yeah, face, isn't it? Yeah, there's a real texture to what's being written here. It's visceral. It is visceral. The dust is just circulating and it's not going anywhere and it's like he's cleaning it but he's not actually making anything clean. Yeah. He's just moving it. Just moving the dust and it's hanging in the air and it's catching everybody. Well, it's catching Christian's throat. Yeah. And it's just swirling around in the air. And then the interpreter calls for a damsel, a girl. A maiden. A maiden. And says, bring in water and sprinkle the room. And then when she'd done that, she swept and cleaned it with pleasure. With ease. Mine says here. So really, this is quite practical advice as well. For cleaning? I mean, John, John, certainly, yeah. So anybody, if you're listening and you're wanting to uh, dust up, don't do it with a dry, what do you call one of those things? Yard brush kind of thing? Broom? No. Oh, right. Like a, a dust cloth? Yeah, a cloth. Don't do it just dry, but use water or use Mr. Sheen or use something. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's practical. Bring some yeah. water and sprinkle the room so it doesn't just swirl everywhere. Wonderful. And obviously this is this is the interpreter's house. So this is all this isn't a case of Christian's on this grand tour with the interpreter and he comes into the room and thinks, Oh no, this room's stinking. I better get someone to clean it up before Christian has a look. 
This is a very theatrical, dramatic inaction. He brings Christian in to see the room being swept with the mm-hmm. dust, first of all, and then a very, a very deliberate bring in the girl to, to sprinkle the room and clean the room with water as a kind of a show of something. Would that be fair? It's an object lesson, isn't it? It's an object lesson, yeah. And Christian recognizes that then and, and asks what the point of it was. What does this mean? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of a parable in that sense. And these parts of the Pilgrim's Progress are, well, they're a gift for you and me doing this podcast for a start because the interpreter literally <laughs> gives an explanation of what all of this means. I mean, so much of the Pilgrim's Progress thus far um, has been up for us to discuss and to talk about what we think it means. But here, literally, the interpreter explains what the parlor is, the sweeping and the dust and the water. And it's all written down here in the next couple of paragraphs for us. So let's run through this then. The parlor, what does it represent? The parlor is the heart of a man which has never been sanctified by the sweet grace of the gospel. And then the dust. The dust, you ask? I do. The dust is his original sin and his inward corruptions which have defiled the whole man. He who began to sweep at first is the law and the maiden who brought and sprinkled the water is the gospel. So the dust, I mean, that's a really good picture of sin, an original sin, that kind of just dirt that gets everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so the, the I suppose this is similar then to Mount Sinai when we passed it. The law is not sufficient on its own. It just aggravates everything. It, it shows up the dust, but it doesn't do anything to solve the dust problem. Yeah. The one that was sweeping at first. It says here, as I said, is the law. And the law, well, you and I know the law is good at showing us where we've went wrong, exposing the blackness, the, the vileness of our, of our heart. But it doesn't clean it. It doesn't do anything to change it. It doesn't do anything to cleanse it. It's not a remedy, but it's a, it's a spotlight, as it were. Yeah. Showing us where we've gone. And just as the same here, first of all, the, um, who came in? Who came in and swept? The man. The man. A man who sweeps the room. And all he really does, as we've said, he just moves it. He just moves it into the air. And it, well, it's not cleaning it at all. Yeah. And in fact, it's, it's choking Christian. It's not doing him any good at all. Just stirring it up. And almost seems to be doing harm. I mean, the interpreter yeah. explains that instead of cleansing the heart by its working from sin, it revives it, it puts strength into it, it increases it in the soul, even though it discovers and forbids it. It doesn't have the power to subdue it. Yeah, like Paul said in Romans Romans 7, yeah. I'll read a couple of verses, says says, What should we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. So the law here is exposing it. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. 
I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Does that sort of tie in? Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's kind of like a, a wet paint, do not touch sign. <laughs> you know, it's good. It's there as a warning. Don't touch this wall. It's wet. But seeing that sign just calls out to touch it, to do the very thing that mm-hmm. says not to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, the law is it's good. The law is righteous. The, the law is a reflection of God's character. Mm-hmm. But it cannot, and it never was meant to save us. It was never meant to save us from our sin. Define sin, but it doesn't remedy it. Yeah. And so there's, there's something else required then, and it's the, the maiden or the damsel coming in and sprinkling the room with water. Yeah. There's a real vivid picture here with the water of almost baptism. Or that line in, in Ephesians mm-hmm. 5 when it talks about Christ's love for his church and the, the cleansing and washing that takes place. Yeah. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and give himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. That's uh, similar to what's going on here then. We've got this maiden washing the room, sanctifying it with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With ease. Yeah. With pleasure. So she comes in and sprinkles the water on the floor just like sin is vanquished and subdued and the soul made clean through the faith of it. So there's a very clear link here between this washing, which I think is what we have a very clear sense of that symbolism Mm -hmm. in in baptism, the washing and cleansing, which is representative of, of Christ's death and resurrection as well. So it's the gospel then is the very thing that like properly cleans the room up cleans the heart of man mm-hmm. and then it's fit for the king of glory to inhabit yeah what the law what the law couldn't do and the gospel does it with ease and with pleasure what couldn't be done by the man alone the the water was necessary it was required in order to to properly clean the room to make it fit for the king the water was essential Went back to Romans there again, on down. Paul says, wretched man, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? But then he says, look, I thank God through Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus has done for us. It's in him that we find cleansing and forgiveness. It's through the gospel. Salvation's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. So really, we need more than just the dust being moved, but the dust being soaked yeah and there's still a sweep as well yeah mm-hmm. but it's but before it can be swept before sweeped before it can be swept <laughs> properly it needs to be um doused with water mm-hmm. because the sweeping alone isn't sufficient doesn't do anything so is that a picture then that that, that there is a proper use of the law but it has to come after the sprinkling of the gospel? I think so. I mean... The third use of the law, the the, the law shows us 
um, how to live in light of the gospel. Yeah, I think so. We need all the Lord is given for our for our benefit, but it's not. Yes, it's not sufficient to. Well, in this case, to to cleanse the room. Yeah, there's there's the the correct order needs to be done. Sweeping on its own is not enough. Sweeping and then washing isn't going to, or sweeping then sprinkling water isn't going to help. There needs to be a sprinkling of water followed by sweeping. Mm-hmm. And it sort of harkens back, I think, because well, if you, I can't remember how many episodes ago it was, but Christian found out that in order to get this burden off his back, he had to, it wasn't enough for him to stop at, at legality. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to go, he has to go to the cross. Yeah. In fact, legality can't take it off. Yeah. Despite his claims. And we're getting closer and closer to that um, destination on the journey. Mm-hmm. And this maybe reinforces what he experienced then with Worldly Wise Man and the journey to Mr. Legality. That was the, the sweeping of the room and stirring up the dust to no effect. And all it done was choke him and cloud his vision. Yeah. Again, like last time we talked about the portrait of the godly pastor, this is someone that he could have benefited from when talking to worldly wise man mm-hmm. to make sure that he kept on the way. Is this a picture that he really could have benefited from having seen before following the route past Mount Sinai, knowing that the law itself isn't enough, but requires the gospel first? Well, yeah, is a short answer. I mean... You have to wonder that if he had have had this sort of object lesson, this sort of obvious, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If he had have had, he could have made that connection while he was there with worldly wise men. If he had have had the benefit of seeing this, um, being in this interpreter's house and being in this parlor before, mm-hmm. well, you know, you, well, we don't know, <laughs> you know, but you would have thought that he. It would have made him a little bit more prepared. And I suppose in a way then, now that he's on the King's Highway and now that he's gone past and now that he's gone through the Wicked Gate and is on this road to the Celestial City, we have seen how he he journeys without having these rooms and pictures of these rooms in his mind and how he's failed a lot of times and messed up a lot of times not having the illumination of the Holy Spirit that this represents. And we can contrast that now as he goes forward, knowing that he has these pictures in his mind to spur him on, to uh, inform him, and to course correct him. Yeah. Can't say any better than that. I think that this is a, a very interactive room compared to just looking at a portrait on a wall. Mm -hmm. You know, he really uses all of his senses in this experience with the interpreter. He uh, chokes. It probably gets in his eyes. He's probably, you know, really feeling it. Uh, And this will not be one that that he long forgets. Uh, Well, I mean, I can't remember the the statistics, but what is it? You remember some 10% of what you hear and 20% of what you, I can't remember. I don't know where I'm going with that. But do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I, I've, you've, I've heard it a few times. You've heard it as well. 
You but remember? Are you typing it in the scene? I am. You remember 10% of what you hear? Oh. Um, Edgar Dale. Edgar Dale said, okay. but he said we remember 10% of what we read, 20% of what we hear, 30% of what we see, 50% of what we see and hear, 70% of what we discuss with others, 80% of what we personally experience, and 95% of what we teach others. That's been debunked. <laughs> what? It's been debunked. Well, has it? <laughs> But really what I'm trying to say is just to reinforce and back up that point you've just made. It's not as it's not a case of the interpreter sitting Christian down and saying, Well let me tell you about a real dusty parlour and a man comes and cleans it mm-hmm. and tries to. But all he does is just move it around and then we have a maiden that comes in with with water. But he's there and as you say, you can see it. You can sense it. You can taste it. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's indelibly printed on his memory. And the next time we keep saying that last time as well, I said that the next time he comes into contact with a a worldly wise man type character that tries to sell him all of these mm-hmm. uh, hopes and ambitions, and well, he know he knows you say how to how to redirect how to change that course of action yeah well I think this is the the second room finished the interpreter is looking to usher us on there's another tour group coming behind us <laughs> we need to move on through the next door um, but that's maybe for another day we've got um, passion and patience yep okay Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pilgrims Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed uh, and maybe even seen and tasted and experienced and remembered the dust of the parlour. This parlour has been swept clean. It has been washed. It is now fit for the King of Glory. We're going to move on to the next room, but that will be next episode. If you want to send us uh, an email, please get in touch with us at pilgrimspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at pilgrimspod. You can also check out our podcast webpage at anchor.fm slash pilgrimspod. And uh, yeah, it would be good if you share this episode with a friend, uh, share the book with a friend and maybe if you have any comments questions or follow-up information yeah we're really eager to interact and to hear uh the thoughts of others as well and while you're there why not buy a t-shirt why not buy a mug it's coming up to christmas Stephen. okay i will i can't think of anything i would want more than a mug that described to me what a crazy headed coxcomb is <laughs> or a parlor <laughs> is there anything else i need to finish up with um, I don't know. Most of all, make sure, in the words of Psalm 34, we taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are we finishing now with Bible verses? I don't know. It's just whenever you're talking about tasting and tasting the dust and the power. Yeah, but we're talking about dust and <laughs> dirty water. But the complete opposite of that is the Lord who is good.
Well, it, yeah, that definitely is the complete opposite. I'll agree with that. Right. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to give us a wee five-star rating. Does that actually work? What does that do? I don't know. I listen to podcasts and they keep plugging this. Give me a five-star rating on iTunes. or To be honest, that's the only reason I'm saying it, because <laughs> I've heard other people say it. Share this allegorical classic with a friend and get them to follow along by listening to old episodes. Interpreters House maybe just as good a place as anywhere to jump on board. I heartily agree. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Okay. You've been Steven. I've been Jordan. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Bye. Bye.